Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Medic Philosopher. Today we're going to discuss lessons we learned from Soren Kierkegaard's Lily of the Field and Bird of the Air. Soren Kierkegaard is an existentialist philosopher and theologian from Denmark, who lived at the first half of the 19th century and is widely known for his philosophy on religion. Unlike other books he is well known for, such as Sickness Unto Death or Fear and Trembling, the book we will talk about today is a pleasant read and can be used as a straightforward enchiridion, or a guiding text, to help one in the pursuit of finding God, or as Kierkegaard puts it, seeking God's kingdom. The book is organized in three discourses, each providing a very valuable lesson from the strangest of all teachers, a flower and a random animal. In fact, this is a lesson in itself, right there on the cover of the book before we read any further, keeping an open mind, being non-judgmental, and by extension being receptive can take us a long way. Even the lily and the bird have lessons to teach us, and, as we will soon find out, valuable ones indeed. The first thing we can take away from these two teachers is silence. You may say that this doesn't really mean anything, flowers don't talk and birds haven't developed a language through the years of evolution, but Kierkegaard argues that this is exactly the reason why learning the art of silence as a human being is an even greater virtue than the lily or the bird possess. Staying silent all while having the ability to speak. Staying silent all while our minds are racing through trifles, tormenting or happy thoughts. By staying silent we can gradually rid ourselves from our humanly desires, desires which are non-essential and that we have fabricated as a society. Kierkegaard does not make a distinction between nature and society as perhaps we do when we go for a walk in the woods. No, nature is everywhere. We are in nature. We just cannot perceive this because we haven't learned the value of silence. Silence is the sound of nature. Quote, only in silence is the moment. End quote. Kierkegaard tells us that if we are silent, like the lily and the bird, only then can we truly catch the moment. Only then can we listen for God. And here I'd like to mention a film directed by Martin Scorchese called Silence, in which two Catholic missionaries travel to Japan to proselytize the locals and to bring back their missing mentor, who is rumored to have apostatized. I absolutely love the title, from the sounds of nature in the film, to the struggles of the two priests calling upon God to end the suffering of Japanese Christians, only to be met with silence, to the once tortured and asked to apostatize, only to remain silent. Without giving any spoilers away, there are many parallels with Kierkegaard's lessons on silence, and one cannot but wonder whether the two missionaries forget about how to listen and miss, quote-unquote, the moment. The second lesson we learn from the lily and the bird is obedience. In a world of so many humanly distractions, so many temptations, staying obedient and committed is increasingly difficult. We are constantly in a state of becoming, and through evolution, we humans have developed into animals proficient in adapting. This comes with the downside of finding it difficult to stick to a habit. Not only that, but to make matters worse, research shows that the average habit takes 66 days to be formed, and as you can probably guess, it can be destroyed in a matter of seconds. Temptation is the worst enemy of our hard work, and for what may seem like an insignificant indulgence, it is in fact the foot in the door to kill a habit. Take going to the gym for example. You have fought long and hard to go to the gym 5 days a week, after work, for an hour. You formed a habit. But then something comes along, say your aunt is visiting, or is your son's birthday, and you go a bit later one day, or you leave early, or even worse, you don't go at all. 
then you realize that nothing really changes. And since humans like to take the path of least resistance, as we explained in the last episode where we discussed evolution through the eyes of Jean-Jacques Rousseau, it will be a lot easier to skip the gym once more the next time, then another one, and so on, until the habit is fully gone. Habits seemingly don't change overnight, but even the slightest give-in to temptation creates the first crack, and from there things can only go one way. Quote, no one can serve two masters, for he must hate the one and love the other, or hold fast to one and despise the other." End quote. Kierkegaard tells us that the choice is binary, black or white, there is no grey, there is no in-between. We can't change our set of values when convenient. But this raises an important question. In Scorchese's film Silence, by being silent and obedient, the missionaries saw many of the Japanese Christians be tortured to death. All they needed to do to save dozens of lives would be to give up their faith. Does their silence and obedience make them partners in crime? And is their refusal to apostatize, knowing the consequences to their fellow Christians, ethically as condemnable as the act of murder itself? I mean, what would you do if you were in their position? People can renounce God and then ask for forgiveness, but the missionaries believe that one should stand by his or her beliefs no matter what the cost. Similarly, we can't put ourselves first, because in doing so, we are renouncing God. But let's go back to the lily and the birth once more. Quote, in nature, everything is unconditional obedience. The echo of the forest, the murmuring of the brook, the sighing of the wind, the whispering of the leaves, the hiss of the grass, every sound you hear, it is all compliance, unconditional obedience, so that in it you can hear God. End quote. Stephen West puts it very nicely in his analysis, quote, Silence reminds us of our values, while obedience helps us to commit to them. End quote. Finally, the third thing we should take away from the lily and the bird is joy. The lily and the bird live for the present. They have cast all their sorrows upon God and exist merrily. And as Kierkegaard puts it, quote, No one teaches joy better than a person who is joyful himself. End quote. And this is certainly something I can relate to, I have a Russian friend who is always in high spirits, no matter what, and I can confirm that whenever I meet him I am filled with joy too. Joy really is contagious. But most importantly, joy is living in the present. Joy is in being itself. Joy is that there is something and not nothing. Joy is that we can see, hear, smell, touch and listen. Instead, what do we humans do? We keep comparing ourselves to others or to our previous selves, or even worse, planning for the future. This creates anxiety, sadness, and at best, a situation similar to Schopenhauer's cloud. Schopenhauer's cloud is this dark, rainy cloud that sits just above our head, while the rest of the sky is crystal clear. Unfortunate, right? So we keep convincing ourselves that a 5 meter walk would suffice for the rain to stop, but the rain never stops. The cloud keeps following us, until the meters become miles and so on. Renouncing life at the present and giving in to our humanly concerns, our plans for tomorrow, or our nostalgia for yesterday, makes it difficult to experience joy. This is possibly why when people die they wonder how their life went by so fast. It is not how long one lives, but how one lives. Quote, Let the heavens fall and the stars change their places in the overturning of everything. Let the bird die and the lily wither. This very day you are in paradise. This transition from time to eternity is so swift because you abide in God. End quote. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and I hope you found today's episode interesting and motivational. Please leave your thoughts on the comment section below. 
This is the Medic Philosopher. Until next time.